It is Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan is along for the ride as well. Good to see you again. Sorry about Matthew Stafford and the Rams. I know you were there in person, but hey, at least you got to see the best of the six NFL games over the weekend. It was an amazing game. Yes, it's difficult uh, for the Rams to come up short right there, but they played great. Uh, nothing to hang their heads about. I And I said this on Talking Baseball. I want to make sure I say it here, too. The, the fans in Detroit were amazing. Mm-hmm. To have that much day to, you know, sauce it up a little bit. They were classy. They were loud. They were everything that you wanted in a fan base. So I, I, I just shout shout out to them. It was awesome. Yeah, the atmosphere looked amazing. It really did. It's It was nuts. I know this isn't an NFL show, but to wait 30 years to get a home playoff game and now you get two in a one-week span, pretty good for them. Pretty Pretty good. good. All right, uh, we're going to start it off. uh, I know we talked last week about Shota Imanaga coming over to the States and joining the Chicago Cubs. He did have his introductory press conference, and you talk about a guy winning it right out of the gate. Hey, Chicago. What do you say? <laughs> Cubs gonna win today. Way to way to fly the W right out of the uh, right out of the gate, dude. He got me fired up, and I actually didn't know where he was going when I first heard the clip, and I was like, oh, "Okay, I got it now." Solid right there. I like it. There's been a lot of these great introductory press conferences. Uh, mm-hmm. That was one of the better ones. That was cool. Yes. I mean, we, I think three of the four guys all spoke English in the, in the beginning of their press conferences, which was really, really cool. Uh, Shohei was the one, I believe, who didn't. Shohei's been here since 2018. We get you. Um, I will say this. Why the hell have there not been more in-person press conferences? I feel like the only ones are the guys who joined us from Japan or Korea. Like, what? Why can't we go back to having, like, that's one of the fun things for fans is to see their players put on the uniform for the first time, try on the cap, bend the bill, which I can't do very well, and have a press conference in person. Why Why do we have to be stuck on the whole Zoom thing? Have we been doing that? I mean, I saw Sonny Gray did it. He was in person. Okay, yeah, that's one. That's one. I, I Honestly, I haven't noticed the trend the other way, uh, but I, I agree. I, I like the in-person. I like the awkward fit of the jersey over whatever you are wearing yes. prior to putting the jersey on. Yeah. That's always great. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I like I like that. Yeah, and the I player, mean, and, and that could be it. It could be player by player, but I would love to do that. All the attention on me, all the eyeballs on me. You know I love that. Well, yeah. How about this? Just showing up to your new home. Like when it's, you know, there's six inches of snow on the ground. And you can show up somewhere. I mean, it just, like, I get it. It's more reasonable. Like, people are training in Arizona or California or wherever they are. They don't want to fly all the way across country. But to me, that's part of the deal. I agree. I agree. Get like, your butt get, out there. Show some respect. Let's get back to that. Let's go. Uh, I don't know if Jordan Hicks has had his introductory news conference with his news team. Signs four years and 44 mil with the San Francisco Giants, but not as a reliever. Apparently, they're going to give him a chance to lengthen himself out and be a starter out of the gate. Do you like the Giants giving him a chance to join the rotation, or do you, would you rather just see him back there with Duvall at the uh, back end of the pen? What I think about this situation is there's no certainties. Um, 
I don't necessarily think he's going to go out there and pitch every fifth day. I don't think he's going to throw 200 innings for certain. I know he's not going to throw 200 innings. So I think this is more just like a, you know, we'll give it a shot. And the way pitching has been going, we've seen, we see the giant, we saw the giants do it last year. I know they're trying to maybe get away from that a little bit, have some more mm-hmm. guys, you know, eat some innings during the the regular season. But I think that's the way pitching is going. We're, I have a trivia question for you, Ciros. Right. How many guys last year in all of the big leagues threw over 200 innings? And that is the benchmark for pitchers, if you talk to them. Last year, God, there were very, very few. I'm going to say two. Five. That's a, like, two is cr- a crazy guess. Five. So, like, it, the 200 inning mark is just not it anymore. I would say the 150 mark is probably what pitchers are after. Maybe 175. So, in saying this, what I'm trying to get at is I think that organizations, especially the forward-thinking ones, are just seeing and, and visualizing those innings differently. You know, it doesn't have to be a starter going giving you seven during the year. It could be two guys each giving you, you know, three and a third, three and two-thirds and, and getting you through that. So I mm-hmm. think that's what we've seen with Hicks. They're going to give him a shot because they don't necessarily have a full rotation right now. So we can see what we can get out of him. He's sort of done it before he has the stuff to do it but i think it's it's more just a we'll see how it goes type of thing i fully expect him to be in crunch time either a being a piggyback guy with somebody or being in the back of that bullpen getting really important outs depending on where it is uh in the game so i I think it's i think there's like almost zero risk in doing this it's all about we'll see what happens in my opinion to me the risk though is a guy who has had his injury bugaboos throughout his career is this going to screw him up, right? Like, do you really want him pitching four innings on a given day? Like, I understand their situation. They've got a couple of starting pitchers that they they really need to rely on that aren't going to be available until later in the season, right? Cobb and Ray are both coming off of injuries. They, we don't know exactly when they're going to be dialed in. Might be midseason, might be a little bit before that in, in Cobb's case. So they've got some innings they do need to fill. But wouldn't you rather just build a dominant back end of the bullpen with those two fireballers coming out and Hicks throwing 103-mile-an-hour sinkers, like, I'm good with that. I don't need him to try and figure out how to maneuver a lineup, you know, and get through it twice. I think the needs just change throughout the season. I think, you know, during the beginning parts of the regular season, you don't necessarily need a two-headed monster in the back of your, rotation, or in the back of your bullpen. That's nice to have, uh, but you can get by with using different guys. You need to you need to get some innings in the beginning of the season. Towards the end, I think it's all about your bullpen. I mean, even the best starters in the playoffs are going to go through the lineup twice. Like very few times <laughs> lately have we seen even the best starters in the world go three times through the order. So I think that's when you need to focus on the back end of the bullpen. We'll see how it goes. I I, I don't expect him to be, you know, a starter, starter, even though there are some incentives. I think starting at a hundred innings, he gets an extra two million bucks maxed out if he does all those uh ETH innings. I understand that. And just in case you're curious, he's made eight career major league starts, ERA near five and a half and twenty-six and a third career innings. Um, most pitches you ever thrown in a game is eighty-two, and he's only pitched into the fifth inning twice as a starter. And that's in I believe twenty twenty two when that happened. So we'll see. Uh, the reason I'm wearing a Cubs hat is because they had Cubs Con over the weekend, and I always think that's a big fun event. They get almost everybody that shows up that's uh, that's any sort of name on their team. Uh, I am guessing that ownership might want to speak to their star shortstop, Dansby Swanson, after he came up with this little one. 
before we get to next year, we got to re-sign Belly. So that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Could you imagine if you were ownership and you're like, dude, I just gave you 177 mil. Like, I get it. You want to speak up for your buddy and all that sort of stuff, but come on. Hey, it's all guaranteed, Rose. I can say whatever he wants. (laughs) That's true. It's a great call. And he still has great lettuce. My God, Dansby. Yeah. Um, So is Bellinger really the, the one missing piece from this team right now? I go back and forth because obviously he fits. You know, they, they want, they need like a left-handed bat, like a, a guy that can mash. Huh? Um, but it's so he's a good fit. He's a good fit for any team. But I think when I look at the roster, you got Pete Armstrong coming up, who you know may or may not ever put up Bellinger type offensive numbers, but sure they can go play a center field. I think he's going to be a great player for a long time. Um, then you just trade for Michael Bush. You kind of have him at first base locked in now. So I think there's other places they can go. Belly still fits very nicely in there. If you wanted to have PCA in center, you could put Belly at first base. Bush can, you know, play third base, play DH, kind of move around the infield, be a versatile uh, piece like that. But I don't know if it's like they have to go get him. I think it makes sense, but I don't think they have to get. I think they could put Matt Chapman at third base. I know he doesn't mash righties, and that's kind of you know they don't necessarily have that perfect fit for him because he doesn't. He's not a left-handed hitter, but. I think that's a defensive spot that could probably use him a little bit more and kind of I think he's going to cost a little bit less than Belly's going to cost and maybe you use that to shore up the rotation or the bullpen or whatever. I I don't know where else to put Belly though as far as other teams. I'm curious if you have one off the top of your head but I mean cuz right now it does seem almost like Cubs are bust, right? Yeah, I mean, we talked about Toronto a little bit and that possibility and whether or not that one waned because they re-signed Kevin Kiermaier. Uh, yeah, they, I think that the, the the pool for him is relatively small. So whatever price tag you want to put on Cody Bellinger, whether that's $150 million, $180 million, $125, I don't know exactly what that number is. If the Cubs' choice is to spend that money on one guy or to spend it on a bunch of guys, I would spend it on a bunch of guys and try and upgrade because even with Bellinger having a phenomenal year a season ago, they still missed out on the playoffs. Now, only by one game, right? They finished one game out of the wild card chase and I think nine back of the Brewers there in the Central. But we both agree that this is a division that is prime for the taking yeah. for probably four of the five teams this year. And so your offseason moves and then your in-season moves, whatever you do at the trade deadline, are really, really important things here. Like, it's not just to get the enthusiasm going and stuff. Like, it could pull you ahead in a four-horse race. Um, here's the one thing that kind of caught me. Every single one of the guys interviewed at CubsCon over the weekend made a point of saying how much Bellinger meant to their clubhouse. And I do think that management has to listen in a day where it's all about numbers and trying to, you know, nail down exactly what this person's doing against left-handed pitching as opposed to right-handed pitching and everything. I think when you hear that much of a groundswell for one particular guy, when they don't have to, these guys aren't getting a financial piece of Cody Bellinger's, you know, money tree here. They all made a point of saying something. I thought that was pretty telling. Well, like a di- the difference between, you know, 2020 
too in 2023 for the Cubs. You know, Belly was a big part of that. So I could see how that makes sense where, you know, and the way he performed, the kind of guy he is, you know, I know a lot of people that are friends with him. They love him. I'd say the same thing about Matt Chapman, though. Everybody loves Matt Chapman in the clubhouse. Can you imagine an infield of Matt Chapman, Dandy Sponson, and Nico Horner? That's not, filthy. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, baseballs getting through. You better hit it, hit it to the first baseman if you want to get yeah. one uh, a base hit on the ground. I think we're in agreement on this. Is agreement a word? I don't think I, it is. I think we're in agreement. We're in agreement. Agreement sounds like a word. It does sound great. The I don't Cubs, know if it is. The Cubs need to do something else. Yes, but they have a but they have a few different routes they could take. I think. Right. I think Hoyer is in a good spot. Now, the the only trouble is, you know, the guys they want, they're both Boris clients. So it's like mm. that's difficult to navigate. And Boris yep. knows that. So we'll see. I, I think there's going to be a waiting game. Uh, you know, we're going to have a staring contest, if you will. But I think they have a lot of different routes they can go. Belly makes sense, but there's other ways too. All right. Today's episode of Baseball Today is sponsored by SeatGeek. And if you have no idea what SeatGeek is, let's go. Wake up. Need you go to the app store on your phone. You download it because it is the number one ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. There's more than 28 million downloads already, so be the next person in line. Why? Because there's more than 70,000 events every single day available for you to purchase on SeatGeek. That includes sporting events. Go get your baseball tickets coming up because we're only a couple months away from first pitch. You got concerts. You got festivals. You got oh so much more, and they always want to make sure you're getting a great deal. When you download the app, you're going to notice these green and red dots. The green dots means that is the best deal you're getting. It might not be the best seats in the house, meaning floor seats or whatever, but they're looking out for you. They're saying what you're paying is equivalent to where you're sitting. Sometimes what you're paying is higher than where you're sitting, and so that's where the red dot will come in. So green dot's good, red dot is bad. And every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee. SeatGeek's the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of time for swaps and later dates. We also have got a great hookup for you. Use that code word today. You're going to get 20 bucks off your first pitches, uh, purchase at SeatGeek. That is $20 off when you use the promo code today. So click on the link in the description, download the app, off you go. We'll see you at an event in the near future. Uh, the question is, when Miami Marlins fans go to their home games, will they still be rooting for Luisa Rise? John Heyman is reporting that the Miami Marlins are dangling the now two-time batting champ out there. Is Miami nuts if they deal him? I mean, yeah. If if you're a Marlins fan, obviously you just can't keep doing this. Like you, you have a core of guys there right now. Like the roster there has a, a couple core, three, four core guys that you can start to build around. But it seems to me the front office is saying, well, these guys are at max value or are somewhere near max value. Let's go trade for the future. Like the future has to eventually come. Can't always look to the future. The future has to be now at some point. So, like, you know, if you're a Marlins fan, I think that's the frustrating part of all of this. As you see, like, how many times have we talked about, man, the Marlins got some pitching. They just got some offense. Like, what? Look out! Like, that's it's been the case for quite some time. And now you're talking about some of these guys, the the foundation that you had, you, you want to get rid of. You make a trade, you get rid of another pitcher last year who's turned out to be excellent for the Twins. They signed him to a long term deal, so he's gonna uh -huh. be there. And you get a rise, and it seems like a win. And he does all these things, and now you know your franchise is in the national spotlight because a guy's hitting 400 halfway through the season. 
you know, that makes you feel good as a fan. But now we're going to shop him to trade him for what? For some guys you hope are half the fucking hitter that he is? Like, eventually you have to just take these guys that are good at baseball and build around them and try to compete. I know you're in a tough division, but guess what? We just added playoff spots. There's more playoff spots than ever in the history of baseball. So, like, let's let's keep some of our guys and build around them. So I, I think they are nuts if they trade him. It doesn't make any sense. A likable guy can be the face of your franchise. There's some, there's some butter knife stats out there that if you compare his start of his career to a one Tony Gwynn, mm-hmm. it's eerily similar. So don't tell me like this is good for your franchise to go get some prospects. It's not. Like you need to keep guys like this. So if you're asking me, do I think they're crazy or nuts? I yes. This is a guy that you lock up. And I think I honestly think it wouldn't cost you what you think it would cost you to lock him up. I think he likes playing in Miami. I think you get him to be your guy. Guess what? That hit tool ain't going anywhere. Now the defense is a liability and you know, whatever else comes along with it, the guy's gonna hit. Forever. So he's a guy you can build around Miami. Just saying. Not nuts. It's disrespectful to your fan base. You talked about getting those additional playoff spots. Guess who got one last year? The Miami Marlins. Yes, it was the first time that they got in during a full season since they won it all in 2003. They made it during the COVID year when we only played 60 games. But I'm talking about where you have to grind it out for 162 Guess who punched their ticket? The Marlins. There's always some of these organizations that I think they forget this. You need some guys that are sewn-in guys. And what I mean by sewn-in, on the back of the jersey, we can sew in their names so that your fan base can now purchase those. I can't have a bunch of Velcro guys, meaning, okay, I'll put their name in Velcro on the back so that by the time I turn them around and trade them for something else, we can just rip that off and put the next guy in line. That's not fair. Like, go ask how many teams have young guys that they feel like they can cheer for, right? I mean, my Guardians are a perfect example. You could have a Lindor jersey, but you knew at some point he was going to get traded. So by the time they finally signed Jose Ramirez, that they made him a sewn-in guy because for years... Guardians fans were too worried about buying a jersey for a guy that they thought was going to be traded by next year. It is unfair to do to your fan base. It just does not make sense. Now, some people will say baseball, well, you know, he's a singles hitter. Well, shit, he was a singles hitter when you traded for him. That didn't happen last year where he went from 35 homers up in Minnesota to eight last year or 10 or whatever the hell he hit. That's not who he, you know what he is. Go find some other guys and go find some, Freaking free agents that you can pay to that will actually produce, not Avisail Garcia's of the world. Like I said, this is what this is the thing about a guy like Arise, too. Yeah, he might not hit homers, but his swing is going to show up. Right. Like the slumps just like aren't necessarily going to be there. He's still going to have some bumps in the road throughout a season, 100%, but he's going to hit, dude. Like last this, year, he had a 380 on base percentage. Let him get on base, and the rest of the guys can figure out how to hit. It was higher 393. Oh, I think career, he's a 380. Career, he's a 379. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. You got to have a guy like this. And, okay, we we talk about this on the show quite often. He's essentially another coach, man. Get him around some young guys. Talk Mm -hmm. about hitting. This, This guy has learned 
from Rod Carew, Tony Oliva, him and um, Nelson Cruz work together a lot. Like this is what you want in yep. your clubhouse, especially with the way the game is going. My, my my Venezuelan brothers, my Dominican brothers, like they get together and they and this is you got to keep them. Yep. We haven't spent a ton of time talking about Josh Hader this offseason, top closer on the market. Which team that realistically could reach his price tag is in most need of his services? This one doesn't have to do. We don't have to go five minutes on this. Let's go quicker. Ah, I know they just won the World Series, but the Rangers make a lot of sense to mm-hmm. me. And and their bullpen actually performed amicably during the playoffs, but that was kind of a, the spot that we looked at a lot. Like Jose Leclerc was good, but how much can he pitch? I think adding a guy like Hader kind of, kind of, uh, goes along with what they've done over the last few off seasons, which is go out and get your guy. You got a problem, let's go out and fix it. Go out and spend some money and address your roster. Haters, a guy I think that would look really good in a Rangers uniform. I'm going to kind of go off the beaten path a little bit. Why doesn't Toronto make a play for him? You know, like, we know you've got studs all over the place. Uh, I know that Hitting was your problem in the playoffs last year, which you score one run and getting swept in those two games against the Twins, something like that. I would just expect the rest of that lineup to be better. But man, let's how about a lefty righty combo of him and Romano? Yeah, pretty good. I would take that. Uh, I like your starting rotation. I mean, let's go, Blue Jays. Let's let's make that push. You were you were in. We all thought that Shohei was heading to your team, so obviously you were willing to spend some money. Go spend a little bit of it here. I'd be interested in that. I mean, I think Hater's a guy that's going to a team that's ready to compete right now. Like that's mm-hmm. just what you do to go after a guy like this. Like you have to be saying we have a chance to win the World Series. Um, so yeah, I mean the teams, other teams like Phillies, Yankees, but I, I like the two teams that we picked. Uh, okay, we started the show uh, with the Cubs. We're going to end it again at CubsCon, where they had a whole lot of fun. I think this was during the kids portion of the program. Uh, Patrick Wisdom, you are a star. Is this whole team just good looking? Is it don't Keep let going. them know, don't let them see. Be the good girl you always have, have to be. be. Swizzy, I have no Seal, idea don't what movie feel. this is. Don't let them know. But now they know. Let it go. Let it go. Okay. The cold never bothered me anyway. Very, very good. For those of you joining us audio only, kind of the crescendo, he got up and he really kind of sold. No, just kind of half sold it. I was, I honestly, I didn't watch the clip. A lot of these times I just want to react here. Yeah. Um, I give it like a six. Really? Ballsy to get up and sing that song. Very difficult song to hit those notes. Yeah, that's yeah. But if you're gonna sing it, you gotta sing it. Oh, okay. So he should have given it a little bit more. He's a better dancer than a singer. He's more of a performer, uh, a la Britney Spears, I think. Mm. Than uh, oh, yeah. finger got pointing. the looks and the dance moves. Uh, the the question I wanted to ask you is: Would your family, if they had been in the audience, been more in awe of you trying to take that leap, or embarrassed that you would have done it? embarrassed for sure they would have said oh that makes sense like i could see you doing that but they'd be embarrassed of me for sure do you like to embarrass your family when you're out in public not really not particularly mm. no i try i try not to embarrass anybody oh That's a goal of mine gosh almighty i'm the worst 
and it probably no, you're pretty shouldn't come as a it probably shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. I when when it's like the four of us and we are um let's say we're going to go somewhere to dinner. We park the car in a parking lot or whatever. I'm the guy who's like running fake running uh fast through the parking lot and they are looking at me like seriously, stop it. And I just keep the more I know that it gets under the skin, the more stupid shit I just end up doing because it's just I don't know. It's one of the best parts of being a dad. I'm starting to get that where Teddy is a little embarrassed of his parents. Yes. You know, he's getting to that age right now. He actually yeah. still thinks I'm cool and my wife is embarrassing right now, which is like fucking awesome for me. Wow. Whoa. How is well, Olivia on, embarrassing? On, it's mom. It's mommy. Okay, Dad, so I'm on YouTube. Oh, yeah. You are cool. I'm cool. And then sometimes daddy trends. Yeah, and sometimes then... daddy, yeah, baseball player, YouTube. I'm still cool. Mom's out right now. It's 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 actually really nice for me because typically, you know, mm. mama's boy. I had to ask the boys the other day if they were embarrassed by me trending, and they were like, no. They were like, it was funny. Was good. Yeah. I, said, I can't believe we didn't talk about that on today's show. Well, we talked about it on football today. Everybody kind of now knows the story. So when you first uh when you first saw it though, were you like, oh shit. I thought it was great. I thought it was, it was funny. Great. It was good. Yeah. Our our director, Sarah, uh, killed it because she took the camera cut right as MJD did that. Yep. You and MJD were in the same building on Sunday night. He was there. He call, yeah, he calls the Rams games on radio. Oh, cool. You guys could have yeah, uh, we saw. I saw a bunch of people. I saw right, Golden Tate came in and said what's yeah. up. And Calvin Johnson was there. Barry Sanders was there. Eminem was there. I, yeah, didn't meet them. Oh, okay. Sorry. All right. Uh, we're going to be back at it again later in the week. Uh, GMs, decision makers, pay attention. We need content. Let's go. Let's get some of this shit going. We'll get, you know, pitchers and catchers a month from now. Start filling out those rosters. Still plenty of good players to be had. Thank you. Thank you to our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and for the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you later this week on Baseball Today.